In the last episode of Uncharted Territory, Guide and Player had a heart-to-heart -heart chat after a special moment together. They talked about the possibility of having multiple romantic partners, and Guide playfully teased Player about it and being open to the idea. As the episode ended, the player hinted at their upcoming plans for exploring and crafting, dropping mysterious hints about what might happen in the next thrilling chapter of the adventure. Get ready because the fun is about to begin. This is episode 17, The Slime Monarch's Challenge. I made myself the new helmet and legs and equipped them, confirming that they were just as grotesque as they were in the original game. The helmet was especially strange to wear. It felt so... squishy. All right, Mimic, try knocking me out, I said, prompting Mimic to lash out its tongue toward my head. It was only after Mimic was in the process of pulling my head down toward its body that I realized I could have just tried banging my head against the wall instead. Wait! I panicked. Thankfully, Mimic stopped. This... This is stupid. I, I might actually get knocked out again. Mimic looked confused as it retracted its tongue. Don't worry. You didn't do anything wrong. I think I just might still have some brain damage from the last time I got knocked out. For example, I then realized that I could just smack myself in the head. I went from the most extreme methods of testing out helmets to the least extreme and I felt like that was probably the opposite order of things. So, first, I unequipped my helmet completely. I then hit myself on the side of my head, pretty hard, hard enough to hurt. After that, I equipped the helmet and did it again. I was still able to feel the hit, but it didn't hurt anywhere near as much as it did before. I also learned that the exterior of the helmet was just as squishy as the inside. It felt like I hit my hand against an actual eyeball, and that was pretty gross. And then, for the moment of truth, I toggled the helmet to be invisible before hitting myself in the head for a third time. I expected my hand to hit my head like normal, but while dealing potentially less harm. Yet, it wasn't able to actually hit my head. In fact... I still felt the helmet and all of its squishy grossness there, even though it was invisible. So, in other words, the invisible toggle just literally turned the helmet invisible. It was still there, still got in the way of attacks, and could still be interacted with, but was invisible. I was even able to take it off my head to hold in my hands, though it turned visible again as soon as I did that. That was probably a good thing. If it remained invisible even when taking off, it would get lost if I ever took it off and left it somewhere. Moving on, between my armor, chain necklace, and that heart I got, I was up to 14 total defense. Switching over to the new helmet and legs almost doubled my total defense. So, with a heart, decent armor, a good weapon, and mimic... I felt more than confident about my ability to take on the Slime Monarch. All I needed to do was go mine some gold to create a crown, so that I could combine that with some slime to make the summoning item, and... I jumped a little when I heard something loud and... wet crash against the roof. It almost sounded like a giant water drop. 
Then I heard it again. And again. And slowly, the rate of the crashes grew faster and faster. P-player? Guide asked, poking her head out from the other room. That noise. When her eyes widened, I figured that she came to the same conclusion that I just came to. A slime storm! If there's a slime storm, then it means there's a powerful slime on the way. That was the same dialogue she had in the game when the slime storm event began. It's because I beat the Watcher, I said. I normally killed the slime monarch first when playing just to get it out of the way with, so I forgot to consider that the chance of the slime storm event happening goes up more each day it fails to happen after killing the Watcher. Looks like it finally managed to pop up. Then... You're going to fight another boss? Guide asked, holding on to her shirt over her heart. Yeah, but don't worry. This one's even easier, so I'll be fine. But I need to leave so it doesn't spawn on the house. Guide looked worried, but she still nodded. All right, but first... She walked right up to me, grabbed me by my shirt, and brought our lips together for a kiss. Don't forget to come back. Come on. You think there's any way I'd never come back? I teased, ruffling up her hair a bit, which made her smile and rub her head up against my head. Guide with even messier hair than usual, and smiling from behind said hair, was far too good to exist. I must have been dreaming. Yet, I wasn't. I'll be back, I said. Promise. I'll also get the machine I need to make a slime bed out of this, so it all works out. Hearing that, Guide smirked and looked into my eyes before saying, I'll look forward to testing that bed out with you, too. Don't be getting me all worked up right before I have to go fight a boss. Why not? It'll encourage you to come back even sooner, wouldn't it? That's a good point. With that sly smile of hers... Guide brought her lips back to mine while brushing one of her hands over my crotch. Though it was only a very quick, teasing touch, and she pulled her hand and lips away right after. Oh, sorry. Accident. You're a horrible liar, Guide. Guide winked. (laughs) But really, do be safe. I will be. Don't worry. I then looked over at Mimic and asked, Ready, partner? Mimic hopped up and down its tongue already hanging out from its body and drooling. It must have been able to smell the slimes or something. And Mimic definitely did enjoy killing and eating slimes. That aside, I ate some bird to get my food buff, gave Guide another kiss, and went outside only to see that there were... many more slimes than I expected. To be fair, that made sense. In the original game, only a certain number of enemies really spawned at once, and there were never so many that they would take up all of the screen. There was only so much space on the screen for enemies to use, and it was important to leave the player room to move around. But in this world, it was an actual world with wide open spaces. Sure, we were in a forest, but the forest still provided far more space in a real world than it did in a video game. There were already over a dozen slimes just between the house and the wall, and there were even more on the house's roof. That was just in one small area. I actually kind of feared what I was going to see once I looked beyond the wall. Problem. 
Mimic was strong. Very, very strong. Mimic could also only attack a single enemy at a time. In the time that it took Mimic to kill one slime, anywhere from one to four more slimes would fall from the sky near us. I didn't have anything capable of killing them in a single hit, either, so more slimes spawned than we were able to deal with. It didn't help that there was already a swarm of them within the walls and a bunch up on the house's roof. The good news was that they barely damaged me, and that was very, very good news, because it was impossible for me to avoid getting hit as the slimes swarmed around us. Even with my new flail, which I swung around as quickly as I could into the slimes, I wasn't able to stop them from reaching me and knocking me around the yard. My defense was high enough that each attack only did between four and ten damage, depending on the color of the slime, since different colored slimes did different amounts of damage, and the health regeneration from food in the campfire was enough to keep me alive. With two health regenerating per second, all I had to do was not get hit for a few seconds and my health would be back up to full. But still, with just how many slimes there were, getting over to the boss arena was going to be difficult, and I didn't want to fight the slime monarch at the house. It had a teleporting move in the game that could cause it to go inside of buildings, and the Watcher proved that monsters were able to destroy the environment itself, so I needed to keep Guide safe by fighting the boss away from the house. Slimes couldn't break down the walls nor doors, so it would be safe to leave Guide at the house. She also had her bow to protect herself with in the worst-case scenario. And that was enough against some slimes. All right, Mimic. I need you to stick close and protect me long enough to break the wall down, I said. Considering that I always sealed the wall up, I needed to mine it open every single day when I wanted to leave. Mimic immediately followed my order, jumped over to me, and focused on the slimes closest to me. That bought me enough time to mine the wall open, though I did need to pause every now and then to smack a slime or two away from me with the pickaxe. And once I saw outside the wall, I realized that I was in far more trouble than I realized. I felt like I was looking at an ocean of slime. No matter what direction I looked in, all I saw was slime, and almost none of the forest's floor. They were in the trees, covering the ground, hopping on top of each other. There was an endless amount of slime. If I had to guess just how many slimes I saw out there, there were probably hundreds, potentially even thousands. Mimic, we've got our work cut out for us, I said. I wasn't able to resist smiling, but it wasn't a smile out of joy, sadism, or anything like that. Instead, it was the kind of smile a man might smile when he felt like he just broke inside. The kind of smile somebody might have when given an impossible mission that was expected to be done immediately. Then, I remembered something. Thanks to that accessory from the boss, I was able to dash. And if I remembered correctly, the dash did damage when passing through enemies based on whatever weapon I was holding. So, as long as I had the flail equipped... 
then dashing through the enemies would deal its damage and knock them back. And it turned out that dashing was as easy as thinking about activating that effect while moving in any direction. I dashed through the opening in the wall, pushed through four different slimes on the other side of the moat, and then came to a stop. The dash covered more distance than I thought it would, about three times my height in length. But it was kind of disorienting to use from just how fast it made my body move. I was going to have to practice with it to get used to it. More importantly, it knocked back the slimes I dashed through, and all I had to do then was swing my flail in an arc around me to finish them off. Unfortunately, dashing had a cooldown of about three seconds. It couldn't be cancelled mid-dash, and it locked me into moving in a single direction. It could easily screw me over if I wasn't careful, but it was fine to use against the slimes. Try to keep up, Mimic! I shouted as Mimic followed behind me. It was going to be a slow process of dashing, attacking, and dashing again to get to the boss arena. But it seemed like a plan that would work. Any damage I took between dashes was recovered for the most part during the next dash, and following attack to clear some space. And then there were also those potions I had to heal with in case I needed them. Mimic struggled to keep up since more slimes kept on falling from the sky between us, blocking the path I was clearing out. But all it had to do was lunge over them into a slime closer to me whenever it started getting left behind. And because of the way the game originally worked, which carried over into this world, every monster in existence basically just wanted to kill the player, aka me. So, while dashing through the forest full of slime... Every slime around tried to follow us, and I quickly realized that was going to be a problem. I had no doubt that I could make it back to the house if I wanted to, thanks to dashing, swinging my flail around, and then dashing some more, but I needed to stay away from there, since the boss could spawn at any moment. That was when I had an idea. My flamethrower used slime as ammunition, because slime was flammable. So if slime was flammable enough to be used as fuel for a flamethrower, then that meant every slime currently in the forest was made out of highly flammable material, right? And as I learned before, fire could be spread. So, if slimes were highly flammable and fire could be spread, then what would happen if I switched over to my flamethrower and caught all the slimes around me on fire? It was either an amazing idea, or an absolutely horrible one. As I switched over to my flamethrower, I really hoped it was going to be an amazing one.
Thank you for joining us on another thrilling adventure of uncharted territory. The excitement, danger, and magic of uncharted territory continues to unfold, and we can't wait to share what's in store for our next episode. So, mark your calendars, because next Friday, we'll dive back into the game world for more action, mystery, and unexpected twists. Before we part ways, remember that your feedback and support keep this journey alive. If you have any questions, comments, or fan theories, tweet at us at utpod-we'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep exploring.